thanks for joining us this video um we are a little bit late um we missed one upload last week but um we did have an episode we didn't have two videos last week which is yeah i mean fine uh just that's what we used to do yeah um but usually just, uh, we if you guys aren't aware of what we do on this channel we are trying to upload at least two shows a week and last week we only hit one it was our first week where it just didn't work out to record early enough. So, but we're gonna. Yep. Here's a new episode for you guys. <laughs> and just us not recording means that we're working on other things that could be bigger and better for this channel. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. So what we want to talk about this week? Um, you had this video. Um, what is it? Darker Colors? Yes. It's okay. It's a short um, film called Darker Colors. I guess. And it how, just came for, out recently. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, so, you, how did you find it first? Um, well, go ahead and let's talk about that. If you guys, if you want, I mean, you can hear us talk about it, but I'm going to link the, um, I'm going to put a link for the video in the description. So, yeah. if you want to take a look at it after we talk about it, or maybe before, and then come back to us, you're welcome mm -hmm. to do that. But, I I follow a page called or a channel called Film Riot. You know about them. Yeah. And um and they had the guys at Film Riot are friends with the director who made this short film called Darker Colors. And they came out with a movie or a video, I think today or yesterday. Um and they promoted it, a recommendation to watch. And so I went, I watched their video and then I went and watched it, this other short film. And I was just so incredibly impressed by everything about this film. I mean, the way it was yeah. contrived, the way it looked, the way it felt, everything was, was just beautiful. And, well, um, and so I kind of wanted to review it with you a little bit. I yeah. had you watch it this morning. And so, yeah. Um, so my thoughts right off the bat. Um, I you've always been fascinated with like Steven Spielberg, like mm -hmm. kid movies, um, yeah. to where he they utilize uh, kids to be in like a scary scenario or like thrilling. Yeah. Or, I really like Stranger um, Things, um, which is part of uh, one of the rules of filming. It's uh, to get someone interested in a character, like let's say you just start a movie and you kill him off instantly. Nobody's really gonna care because you don't know anything about that character. Mm -hmm. To the exception, so you usually have to like build a uh, background with that character, get to know them to get any like emotions through that character. But the exception is a lot of times kids, like cute yeah. kids and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I feel like they definitely utilized that and yeah. um, had but kids they, with in it. This story, you almost couldn't do anything different than that because the yeah. whole premise was around a childhood's imagination, a childhood's mm -hmm. creativity. And that was the whole premise of this film. And so I really yeah. enjoyed the scenario and the way they presented it. It's only about a little over 10 minutes long. So it's really worth watching for sure. Yeah. Um, so let let me give a quick synopsis of the story, just so without giving too much away. Um, pretty much, it's these three kids, um, one of two boys and one girl, 
and um, the girl is a sister to one of the boys, and they're just kind of friends, and there's like this pond that apparently, I, from what I understand from watching it, it kind of, you know, brings certain things to life, certain, uh, it's like this magical, this magical river that kind of brings these drawings that this little girl had drawn in her book to life. And, um, and she was really, she's really fascinated with like childhood drawings and, and wanting to draw like monsters and such. But mm. it's really cool because her character is very much like a little girl, but then she also draws like these spiders and this weird monster character and stuff. And so they pretty yeah. much, when she dropped her book into this pond and these images, these things start coming to life and yeah. her drawing book. And so they're pretty much going on this little adventure to try to, you know, annihilate this one bigger monster that she had it, created. Yeah, it definitely had, to me, like a bridge to Terabithia feel. Yeah, did mixed you, with Stranger you, Things, kind of, yeah, you know? Yeah, it did. Um, if you know Bridge to Terabithia, it's kind of like uh, two kids who like, one, the one kid, he likes to create stories and draw, mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of have this imaginary... Um, place where they go and it it had that kind of feel to it um so what i thought of it um i thought it was really it was really well like i know i brought up that kids it's very easy to get into acting with kids because um you kind of for some reason feel sympathetic to them Mm -hmm. but i feel like the kids were they acted great in it. Yeah, I mean, they did. For their age, they, I mean, they acted and great. And for this to be, for this to be such a small independent film yeah. that just gets put up on YouTube, they casted these kids so well. I mean, a, they were such good actors. Yeah, there's a lot of just kind of like independent um, short films that it's good quality and like the filming is cool and everything but the actors because they're not usually paying them they just mm-hmm. they're terrible i mean and um, i i i wouldn't say the actors i've dealt with are terrible but i have experienced subpar acting in the past yeah. with a couple individuals because they're volunteering their time you can't fault them for that at all but it's a case no. with a lot of independent films and low budget films not that this was a extremely low budget but it definitely wasn't hollywood style um and so that's really it's really fascinating to see that this director he was able to find kids and work with them enough to get them to act in such a genuine exciting and very compelling way yeah definitely um so i feel like that was that was great but Mm -hmm. to go to the special effects on the film um i it definitely had like a like a very colorful feel to it and but the, it was the almost name like name was darker colors, so they kind of had to, you know. Yeah, but it was it was it definitely felt like dark colors. It wasn't like light colors, like dark red, dark blue, dark mm-hmm. green. Um, yeah, I mean, but how they just like they put it in the color grading of the film. Yeah. Um, to make it very colorful, but yet still seem like a normal picture. Um, and how yeah. she was like drawing and stuff. Yeah. They they utilized that. Um, and then also there was a lot of like, um, with the color, like puffs of smoke, different colors of Mm -hmm. smoke. I'm curious. I mean, you said there was a behind the scenes video for it. 
Um, and I, I didn't did, watch that. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it because it's fascinating. And again, we'll put a link for this video also in the description. Um, their behind the scenes it, was very is it interesting. digital or did they actually make colorful, It is a mix. Like, so dog. The, they did a lot of in-camera effects. So a lot of like the puffs of smoke and the different colors and stuff, like when they're fighting off the spiders or the, yeah. the more, you know, crayon, waxy colors that's dripping when they're, you know, burning the monster. Um, those are all in-camera effects. Those are all, you know, shot on scene. The, um, the creatures are obviously, they, they designed them. Um, they had actually a, a pretty experienced animator designed these characters yeah. and then they plugged it into After Effects 3D animator and then they mm -hmm. were able to manipulate it. From what I understand, they did all of the manipulation and creation inside of After Effects, which is really cool for creators like me and you who yeah. use the Adobe package and create stuff. So this really is inspiring for us to see what our capabilities are with this program. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and so they did that a lot with the 3D animator in, in uh, After Effects, and that's all like a part of the Adobe package. But the in-camera effects, like the puffs of smoke that you saw, like when that the kid steps on the spider and it disintegrates into like this puff of red smoke, that, mm -hmm. that smoke was in-camera, but the spider was not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so they, they spent a lot of time to make everything like with the colors in-camera, and um, they used like this non-toxic powdered color stuff um, because they're working with kids they don't want to harm them at all which is obviously smart for any production and uh, but they just got a hold of it they had like a, a guy who was dedicated to making sure that those colors were well done and making sure that those uh, in-camera effects were done correctly um, but did, yeah they did they say it, what camera they shot on they, um, they used an Ari Alexa um, I believe which is kind of a bigger brand camera yeah. which is like hollywood style and um I, they might have used a red camera at some point but i think predominantly they used an re alexa i'll have to i'd have to watch the behind the scenes again to know for sure but in passing yeah. they gen they quickly mentioned their camera so i remember them saying they used an re camera um and so that that's that's big props to them to get their hands on something like that those are those are pretty expensive cameras but well yeah. worth it in the final product you also mentioned about colors. They had said, you know, since the word colors is in the title, it was very important that their color grading and everything they do with colors was very important because that was kind of the driving subtext of the whole story. Um, and so they they did all their color correction in Da, da Vinci, um, which I know is very popular. It's one of the most, right now, as of 2020, it's the most the most uh, widely used and professional program for color correcting in the industry right now. Yeah. Um, Premiere Pro is kind of riding on the back end of that with saying, okay, we are kind of coming up as the, the baseline editing software, but as far as color correcting, they did all theirs in DaVinci Resolve because there's so many things you can do with that. So they did all their color correcting inside of DaVinci Resolve. That It definitely had like, really good color correcting they definitely mm -hmm. they how they color corrected it i mean they it's like they color corrected the video and then they also added yeah. a lot of like 
colors that complemented mm-hmm. their color correcting through the yeah. colors, through the darker colors that they, the drawings yeah. of things, through the, yeah. um, the colors that they used. And I um, don't, I don't entirely know their process um, as far as, as far because I haven't used DaVinci yet. Yeah. Um, I've done most of my color correcting inside of Premiere because although they're not as good as DaVinci, they are very high up in the ability to color correct your images. Um, And so with DaVinci, really, again, I don't know their process, but a lot of it is, you know, doing color correction in DaVinci and then um, and then adding going in and doing colors inside of Premiere or After Effects to match your effects. But I also noticed, I think the behind the scenes, they showed like an uncolored version with the effects added. And so um, so I think they might have done it backwards to what you're saying for some shots where they actually added all the effects in a very flat format and then went into DaVinci yeah. and did the final color correction. They didn't really yeah, specify possible. how they did that, but it seemed like for the images they were showing in the video, that might have done it backwards. And uh, that goes into a whole thing that I don't have any experience with, you know, adding a bunch of effects and then color correcting. I'm usually doing it the opposite way. So yeah, that's interesting. Too. Yeah, just like creating the creating the video and then color correcting it. Um, and then the music, um, I don't, did they, talk about at all how they what kind of music it did have definitely a stranger things yeah um, vibe i did not talk about that but i would i would probably my best guess would be there's a lot of programs like i use a program called soundstripe that has royalty free music that you're able to use for you know commercial videos for broadcast tv for youtube without violating any copyright issues and there's a lot of artists that get paid to create music and sell it to this these programs so i yeah. my best guess since this is a youtube short film my best guess would be that um they probably they probably got their royalty free music from a platform like that which would be mm-hmm. cool to do some research and try to figure out maybe the the artist that created those specific songs um, yeah. And that's a very collaborative work to be able to take, say, someone across the world or, you know, even locally that you don't even know, create a song and then be able to pull it from this platform that supports them, but also gives you a really cool soundtrack for your film, you know? Yeah, they definitely pulled a lot of resources together to make a, a really decent, good um, short film that's mm-hmm. like less than very 50 deep. minutes. Something interesting that um, that you might know, I believe in the behind the scenes, they mm-hmm. mentioned that there was a guy who had worked a little bit on Star Wars, the Star Wars movies, to yeah. do their sound mixing. Um, and so a lot of the sound effects that you hear in the movie, although if you, if you focus on the sound effects with any film, a lot of times you might be like, okay, that's a little bit louder or that's a little bit more of a punch than it would be in the real life. But when you're just yeah. casually watching, you're like, okay, that's really, it really brings me into the story because sound mixing is so incredibly important and they really definitely. got it good because they put a priority on this film. One thing I like about short mm-hmm. films is that they're usually lower budget and they're short. So you can really pay a lot of attention to the shots you're using, to the way you're sound mm-hmm. mixing, to the way you're color correcting. 
um, creators like us who have done longer form short films, like an hour long, tend to flake a little bit on those kind of things because we're trying to put together a larger piece of work and so you don't have as much time to really focus and make sure every little detail is really well thought out um yeah that's something i'd like to you know work on and and be involved with to really try to grow my skill to really focus on making sure the details are really well in place before you know trying to tackle something really big what are your thoughts on that um, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, there is sometimes where you have to compromise your shot a little bit to get what you want if it's longer form, if you're biting off mm-hmm. a little bit more than you can chew. Yeah. Um, uh, some of our films, I mean, we're still pretty new at making films and mm-hmm. things. I mean, we've been doing it for a while, but not professionally, not color grading, sound effects. Um music all this stuff so it's something um, that we we all do ourselves and so it's something yeah. that we're so, still learning while we do it you know? yeah so us trying to um pick up a bigger project we're learning stuff all the time i mean on the job things that we're learning a longer shoot um like several hours during the day um using actors that we've never used before um, directing actors that we've never really worked with before. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff ties into you're making the shot you want. And and so us just analyzing this film and creating content ourselves, it just helps us to kind of pick up those small details and things yeah. that we can I like use in the future to make better films and to um, just become better filmmakers it's definitely an inspiration project that someone else created because i believe what i've heard from film riot that they're using this short film to help pitch a longer form um either film or show or something Mm -hmm. um to a network to be able to support it and fund it so they're actually created this for a purpose to sell something bigger and if they don't yeah. sell it, they still have a great short film to show for it. Um, but something interesting, they did a lot of pre-production. They did a lot of work in post-production. But the actual production part of this was only two and a half days of this short yeah. film. Um, because they had limited time working with kids. And so they had to kind of cater to their schedule. Um, yeah. But also just because it's a shorter film. So they would probably film like, you know multiple scenes a day which is a lot of work i mean you and i know if we're filming more than like two scenes it's a heavy day you know what i mean and so it's it's really it's really an inspiration to say okay they they worked hard in pre-production and during production to get what they needed in such a such a uh, artistic and getting exactly the shots they needed to look so good and to be so effective in such a short amount of time you know yeah um so go ahead and watch this film um like we said we'll put it in the description below um so watch it uh tell us how you what you think of it um and just just enjoy a short film from someone who's trying to create something that um to inspire people yeah Um, that's one other thing before that's what youtube is that's what um they're they're trying to 
Um, a lot of people, yeah, there's creators on YouTube just trying to do stuff to make money, but there's a lot of independent filmmakers that are trying to get their work out there and just um, do the art, create art that yeah. people would love. So, yeah, one other thing I wanted to mention before we close is yep. because this story, like I mentioned, has colors in the title, really pay attention not just to like the paint colors and the things about the story that are kind of yeah. obvious, but look at the way they lit certain scenes. Um, yeah, you'll yeah. see, and even the colors they used for certain scenes, you'll notice that the little girl seems to have like this um, confrontation with the color blue because her signature color is like a pink color. Not only did they give her parts of her outfit and her helmet and her gun, that her water gun, was all pink colors, but um, but even in a scene where the monster is kind of like doing this Jurassic Park slash, you know, Stranger Things stalking, you know, from a room and she's hiding, um, you'll notice they lit it in a way where her color pink, she's lit pink from a lighting standpoint and the yeah. monster is lit in a bluer fashion because his color was drawn with the with a blue crayon and so um and so it really makes this controversy or this uh this sort of battle between the color pink and the color blue with her character and this monster that she's created. It's really artistic and it's really, it's kind of subtext a little bit, but it's also just a part of the art and part of the, um, part of the world of filmmaking that's very fascinating that people should pay attention to because that, that's something that someone took time to artistically think of and took time on set to make sure that it looked that way. Yeah. Well, that's uh, this week's video. Um, mm -hmm. Don't forget to subscribe down below and give this video a like. And yep. Have a We really week. appreciate you guys subscribing and we hope that you have a wonderful week. Yep. We'll see you in the next video.